everyone, it's Rebecca Ruber with Inside the Ring, and today's guest was born and raised in East Los Angeles and started boxing at the age of eight. By the age of 16, she became a multiple-time national champion, two-time junior Olympic national champion, and USA national champion. She had over 100 amateur fights before turning pro in 2011 to embark on a journey that has developed her into one of the most popular names in the sport today. Now, as one of America's top female boxers, she's one of the first women to sign a professional contract with Golden Boy, um, and her upcoming fight for the WBO World Female Light Flyweight title is on July 9th, where you can watch it live on DAZN. With a record of 20 wins, zero losses, eight by way of knockout, we have fighter Sinisa Superbad Estrada. Welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be on with you. So I would love to start with you from the very humble beginning. So when did you first pick up your pair of gloves and why? Oh, wow. Okay. So I started watching boxing with my dad when I was about five, six years old. Um, and from the very first moment that I saw it, it just intrigued me and I fell in love with it. It's like, I knew that it was exactly what I wanted to spend my life doing from like the moment I saw it. Um, so my dad is, is, is the one who got me into it, but not because he was trying to force me to enjoy boxing or force me to join boxing that those weren't his intentions at all. He was just a huge boxing fan. So as a kid, he would throw on these old boxing fights of his favorite fighters. And I would sit with him and my brothers and watch them. And, and I just fell in love with it immediately. And then growing up with older brothers, we always watched wrestling, WWE, like that was our thing and boxing. So um, I just had that fighting spirit and passion even before I started boxing. Was there any specific fighter that you remember watching as a little girl that maybe looking back triggered you into starting this career as a professional fighter? Yeah, definitely. All of the classic great fighters like Roberto Duran who's my dad's favorite fighter um Sugar Ray Leonard who's my favorite fighter Roy Jones Jr um just all of those legends and when I was a little girl there wasn't many females to look up to like at the time um I remember watching like my dad introduced me to Layla Ali Christy Martin Lucia Riker um and Wolf those were the girls who really like were the pioneers for the sport um back then but when I was coming up as a little girl in the amateurs, there was a whole decade or more than a decade of just women's boxing being completely dead. Nobody was hearing about it. Fights, women's boxing wasn't on TV. There wasn't many girls or women in amateur boxing. So it was, it was really hard because I didn't, I didn't have anyone to look up to. I had to look up to these men in the sport, but like, it's not the same, like having a female and having a, a male to look up to because, you know, you're having a female to look up to is just so different. It's just so inspiring because you're like, wow, it's, it's another girl just like me who looks like me, who has the same passion as I do. So I didn't have that. So now that I'm that person for other girls and women, it's an amazing thing. Well, I did read that as a little girl, you were told that girls couldn't box. That was kind of something that just wasn't normal. So what gave you the motivation to go against the odds and be the inspiration that you really didn't have? 
Um, yeah, I mean, okay. So the very first gym that my dad took me to, they told me that I was too young and that I was a girl and they don't train girls. So to bring me back in a few years. So that like, that really hurt me. And I cried and I was so sad because I thought like that was my only hope and only opportunity, but going to another gym in the local neighborhood, I met my first trainer and I remember him telling me, you know, I'll give you a chance. I'll train you, but I'm going to treat you just like one of the boys. I'm not going to treat you like a girl. And I was like, okay, like I was just a little girl, just happy to be in the gym and getting a chance. So, um, it was really hard to just, uh, defeat the odds and to, um, gain that respect from people. I think like as a kid, I was just doing what I love and, I think my skills, my talent just spoke for itself. Like I was the only girl walking into every gym as a kid, beating up on the boys. And it was, it turned into a thing to where when I would walk into a gym to spar a boy, everyone had to gather around the ring to watch because it was just something that they didn't, they weren't used to seeing and something that they've never seen before. So I had more skills most of the time than the boys that I was sparring. And, uh, I think that's kind of how I kept that motivation and, and I was able to just gain the respects of, you know, all the, all the boys and men in, in the sport. And what kept me, what also kept me going is that knowing I always knew in the back of my mind and in my heart that women's boxing will be where it's at today. And I, you know, I didn't know when, and of course I've had so many times where I've just got so impatient and I wanted to give up, mm-hmm. but I just, always knew that there was a destiny for me and that I would, you know, accomplish my, my dreams, no matter how long it took or when. Was there a moment in your amateur career where something clicked, where you just said, I'm, I'm meant to be one of those trailblazers for women's boxing. I'm meant to be pro. I'm meant to be in this ring. You know, I think that actually, I thought that before I even started boxing. No way. From the moment I saw it on TV and like, it's just something that I knew and I knew I could do it. I knew how good I was going to be at it. And I knew how successful I was going to be at it. And as a kid, uh, being seven years old, I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to sign with the biggest promoter in boxing one day. I'm going to fight on TV and I'm going to be a world champion and people are going to know who I am. And like, I thought that even before I started boxing and it's so, it's so crazy when I look back and I think that I'm like, wow, like, you just, there's things that you just know, like, you know, what you're going to do. And, you know, as long as you just keep that belief in yourself, um, it's, you, you can't accomplish anything. You 1000% manifested that. And I love that. Yeah. I love that message. So along with that, are there any words of advice that you either have for female amateur fighters that are looking to go pro or even just females that want to get into boxing but are scared to put on their pair of gloves the first time do you have any words of advice for them to pursue their their goals in the boxing in the boxing world yeah I would say just give it a hundred percent give it give it your all take a risk like in life sorry about that Um, yeah in life like you're boxing is a very risky unpredictable sport it's unpredictable for men but it's really unpredictable for women because you don't know um how far you're gonna make it you don't know if you're gonna even make it in the sport so you know I would just tell young girls to just I I see so many young girls and women now that just have such a passion for it and you know what I tell them is just 
do not give up and don't listen to anybody who tells you that you can't do it because I've heard you can't so many times, but um, I just always stood positive and always um, just remained, just kept that faith and belief in, in myself. That's amazing. So um, I know growing up, you used to spar only guys in the gym because they're really, they didn't have a lot of girls that they could offer to spar uh, for you. But do you currently train or spar with other females right now? Or do you still spar with just men? Oh, now I spar with only females, uh, which is great. <laughs> and the reason why I'm able to do that is because now there's so many girls and women boxing. So we all help each other out. Like there's so many local gyms um, with a lot of girls and women. So we all get together and help each other out with sparring to get ready for, um, to prepare, help prepare each other for um, our fights. So yeah, it's great. And then I still have my teammates who, um, you know, whenever I, I can't, uh, get sparring with any females the guys are always there to help me out so yeah it's, it's great that's awesome do you feel like there are any professional female boxers right now besides yourself that are helping spread the word about women's boxing yeah I think there's so many you know Clarissa Shields um Michaela Mayer um Katie Taylor uh, so many um I can't name everybody off the top but yeah there's so many women who are opening up those doors for all the other young girls and women out there so that way when they turn pro they can have the same opportunities or even better opportunities that we're having well I found it interesting you brought up Clarissa Shields and right now your boxing career is still thriving and it's still growing would you ever decide to go into MMA or any other form of combat sport besides boxing professionally or do you feel like boxing professionally is where you want to stay um I have thought about it. Like, I think I thought about it, like at the point of my career where I was like really down and I didn't really, um, I didn't have belief in boxing and that it would change for women. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought about transitioning to MMA because of that, but you know, everything is, is going just as, as I thought it would. And, um, I have so much I want to accomplish in boxing. So I'm definitely staying in the sport of boxing until I accomplish everything that I want to. And then maybe think about transitioning. So, you know, that's what Clarissa did. She accomplished everything in her weight divisions and everything she wanted to in boxing. So that's what made it, you know, easier for her to say, okay, I'm going to go into another sport and try it now. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. So what I love about watching you fight is while you're a very technical fighter, you also fight in a very unconventional way in the sense that you fight both Southpaw and you also fight Orthodox. And the way you move around is very frustrating to your opponent. Like I watch you fight and I'm like, I would be so distraught fighting you because you are just so fast and the way you move is so elusive. Um, how did you develop that fighter technique? And how did you realize that the way that you fight was going to allow you to become a world champion? Um, I think it's something that I've been doing since I was a, a, a little girl. Um, I think it's from watching all of my favorite fighters like Roy Jones and the way he moves and just mimicking all of my favorite fighters. And then I, I've just always had a very creative mentality since I was a kid. And I remember when I first started boxing and I would turn left-handed while I was sparring or training my dad would get so mad at me and say you're not left-handed you're right-handed turn back to right-handed but like I I would do it because I was 
my mind was just so creative and I was like, well, why do I have to stay right-handed? Like, why do I have to do all the basic fundamentals that every trainer is teaching a fighter? Like when I can do things differently and I can fight different and be different and I'm like beating people up that way. So why, (laughs) why change? But like, um, you know, my, my dad wasn't a, a trainer or anything like that. So he kind of just was learning on the way as well. So little by little, he's like, you know what, I guess he, he realized like, I, I should just let her do her thing and just, you know, fight off her natural instinct. I just always have a natural instinct. So, and then being with my trainer home with now, he kind of just helped shape and mold and make everything even better to where I'm perfecting mm-hmm. every movement and just becoming even better. Do you feel, so you mentioned that you were starting this at a young age, comparing your amateur career to your professional career. Is there a lot that has changed in regards to your technique or do you feel like it's kind of, you've transitioned doing the same thing just at a different intensity? Yeah, I would say same style, but just at a totally different intensity, like amateur boxing compared to the professionals is so different and it's it's really crazy because I've been I grew up in the amateurs with so many top amateur fighters who are were great amateurs and they transitioned to the pros and and it just doesn't work out well because that transition is so different so you know thankfully like my style not only my style but it's because of my my team my trainer and my dad who always made sure that I you know, uh, transition into the pros correctly. And, and I, I do all the right things to be successful in the pros. Like it's, it's not easy. It's not easy transitioning, but like the, the main, the, actually the hardest transition that like, I didn't expect is like the whole business side of going into the professionals, because I didn't know how difficult it was for women to break through in professional boxing. That's, that's very true. And I, I like the point that you brought up of you fought against phenomenal women in the amateurs, but when transitioning to pro, it just never panned out. What do you think it is that someone could be nationally ranked? Because I've seen this a lot in New Jersey Golden Gloves is you see people that get nationally ranked and then they just go off the radar. And then you have people that maybe didn't place in Golden mm-hmm. Gloves and then all of a sudden you see them in the pro. So where do you think there's that disconnect? Well, how do you, like, what do you think makes or breaks someone or words of advice that you have of successfully transitioning from amateur to pro? I think it's just the style. Some, some fighters just can't uh, break out of that amateur system style Mm -hmm. or they can't change their style. They're just one dimensional and they've been doing it for so long that it's hard for them to go into the pros and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think it's just your uh, mentality too. Like having going into the professionals is a totally different game and, and you have to be mentally strong and, and just mentally uh, different. It's a whole other level. Yeah, for sure. So I would love to talk about your last bout, one of the most important wins of your career. Uh, those that are listening that don't know, Estrada's last fight was a 12-round unanimous decision win against reigning champion Annabelle Ortiz to become the WBA minimum weight world champion. I have to ask, in that second round, what was your initial thought when you landed that right hand on Ortiz and knocked her down? What was that? <laughs> what was your initial reaction? 
Um, I, it was more of like, uh, okay. Cause we, we were working on that right hand during training camp because that's the punch we wanted to land. So when it landed and she went down, I was like, kind of just relieved that like all the hard work that we're putting in to make that punch land landed. <laughs> and, um, I knew she was going to get back up because she's a very tough fighter and, and relentless and comes to win. So, um, uh, I just had to just stay mentally calm and still remain focused and make sure that I continue to um, execute my game plan correctly. And do you believe that the game plan you went in with, was that the game plan that you stuck with the whole time or did you have to change plans within the rounds? Like how did that work? Or did everything flow the way that you expected it to? Yeah, everything uh, flowed the way we expected it to. It actually, like there was so many things that I did in training camp that I didn't even get to use because what we were doing was already working well enough. Um, the game plan was to just uh, make her feel uncomfortable and to fight at my pace and not allow her to do the things that she's used to doing because that's why she's, like with any any fighter, any world champion, that's why um, they're so successful is because they're, winning doing what they're comfortable doing so we knew while as studying tape of her I have to make her fight out of her comfort zone do things that people aren't making her do and from the first round that's exactly what I did went out there she loves moving to her right so what we did was I stepped out to my right to force her to go to her left and that from I can I can see it from round one on um physically and, and mentally it really broke her down because she wasn't used to that so just there's so many little things like that that um can really make a huge difference in a fight well the confidence that you brought into the ring first round already was super significant I believe compared to a lot of other fights that you see with other female fighters how do you um how can I describe this how do you put your emotions to the side to be able to put in that game plan that you've worked on during fight camp? Um, it's pretty difficult. Like it's hard to explain because so many emotions go on during your whole training camp. Um, so many different emotions from being nervous, being stressed, having anxiety, um, being excited, uh, just so many different things. And I think it, it's really hard to remain focused on, on your game plan and what you have to do and cont control your emotions. But I think I've been, do I mean, I've been doing this for so long that it's kind of just, um, I don't know, it's just kind of, kind of comes easier for me to just zone everything out and to remain focused on the game plan. Do you listen, when you're inside the ring, do you hear either the fans or do you listen to your corner at all? Or are you zoned into, this is my game plan, I'm sticking to it. Yeah, the only person I hear is my trainer and my dad in the corner. Like no matter how loud the crowd is and how many people are yelling, you you really don't hear any of that. Like you're such in a zone, all you hear is your corner. And then they're not even like yelling or speaking like loudly or yelling, but no matter what, it's just you're you're hearing their voice. It's it's insane. It is interesting how you train your body to just in that moment zone and you know who exactly to listen to that's very interesting yeah. so when you heard the three words and the new what was your immediate reaction what was the first thought that came into your head 
I was like, oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Like, I, like, the best way to explain it to everyone is, like, being asked that. They're like, oh, you know, how, how happy and how excited were you? And I'm like, you know what? Like, people don't understand, like, how much hard work and how much, like, stress and just energy it, it just takes out of you during for a whole training camp especially for a world title fight like the biggest fight of your career it takes a lot out of you so after the fight it's just a feeling of relief really like yeah. it, there's no of course I'm happy but like at the same time I'm thinking to my I thought to myself as soon as you hear the words I knew it's like okay you're you're happy thank god but then once you get back to the dressing room you start to think to yourself, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because that's, that's just the beginning and that's just going to open up more doors and open up bigger fights. Um, you know, the opponents are going to get more challenging. So, um, it's kind of just makes you just want to go right back to work and, and, and think about what's next already. Yeah. Were you able to give yourself some time to rest and be able to eat some good food and be able to reset yourself before getting back into the next camp? Or did you go right back into the yeah. gym? Yeah, I took a couple of weeks off and then um, I was a little surprised to be back in the ring uh, so soon, yeah. but I back in the ring as soon as possible. So I was happy. I was like, okay, I'll just get right back into the gym and then kind of just I was already in shape from the last fight and kind of just continued training camp where I left off. So you've managed to knock down women within those two minute rounds that you guys have. Do you feel like women's boxing should move up to three minute rounds? Do you feel like it's too hard to establish a game plan within just two minutes? Like what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I totally think that we should go three minute rounds. There's no reason why we shouldn't. And I know like for this fight, the WBO organization said that I, that we can do three minutes for this fight. And the California State Athletic Commission said yes as well. But my opponent, uh, Tenkai Tsunami, said no, she didn't want to do three minute rounds. So it, it's kind of it kind of sucks because you have to first get the organization and the state to agree to it. But then if your opponent doesn't agree to it, then you can't do it. So it sucks. And then we even offered her um, $5,000 more. And then I even said, I'll give you another 5,000 out of my own purse. So it'd have been $10,000 more. And she still said no. So it was really disappointing because three minute rounds are like, like amateur boxing, they do two minute rounds. So it's like, you know, this is the professionals. Like we should be doing three minutes. I feel like women um, can just, you know, establish higher knockout percentages. They can be able to have more time to, to, put their game plan together it's just so much better but at the same time I feel like it's going to be hard to change that rule because wow. there's a lot of don't want to do it but I mean but you do bring up a good point again it creates more time for you to create that uh that game plan and also you're more likely to get the knockdown knockout within those three minutes um, do you spar three right. minute rounds or do you work for three minute rounds or do you, do you try to stick to the two minutes? Yeah, stick to the two minutes just because it's less time. So you have to get used to that quicker pace. Yeah. Well, speaking of your newest opponent, let's talk about your upcoming fight on July 9th. 
So you'll be fighting against Tenkai Tsunami for the WBO World Female Light Flyweight title. So how did you prepare for this fight? Um, was there anything specific that you focused on more this time than you have your previous fights? Um, yeah, with, so with this fight, Tenkai Tsunami is a very awkward opponent. So the game plan and, and training has been a little bit more difficult for me um, mentally just because it just takes more focus into what I need to do to win. But um, I'm like, at the same time, we're just perfecting my style and what I do and making sure I do it to my best abilities because that's what's going to win me the fight is just by me being me because it's something that she won't be comfortable with and something, a style that she's never seen before. So um, yeah, I think... I'm going to definitely come out the WBO world champion on Friday. <laughs> well, we can't wait to watch. Um, I know right now that your focus is on this fight, um, but do you have your eyes on anyone else for after this fight that you can discuss? Um, I just want to fight any world champion in, at 105, 108, or even 112 pounds. So um, go, going into another big fight is, is what I want. Like every, every fight, I want it to be either a unification fight or a world title fight. Where do you see yourself in the next five years as a whole? Where do you see yourself in your life? In the next five years, um, happily retired as multiple world champion and then just living life, pursuing other dreams and goals that I have. Could you see yourself being a boxing coach for future female fighters? Um, boxing coach, no, because I feel like I don't have the patience for that, <laughs> but I want to get into the business side of it and, and help out females, maybe become a manager or start like my own small promotion for females only. That would be dope. That would be so dope. Yeah. So you are signed with Golden Boy. How is it working with a legend like Oscar De La Hoya? Oh, it's so cool. It's amazing. It's a dream come true. Since I was a kid, I always have wanted to you know, sign with Golden Bear Promotions. Oscar comes from the same place that I do. So he was always a role model and inspiration um, to me. So to just be signed with him is, is amazing. He's so cool. He's so supportive. And he's just so happy and proud that we come from the same place and we're both world champions. Well, how did the opportunity present itself that you had that contract in your hands to be signed by Oscar De La Hoya? How did that, how did that even begin to occur um you know they just uh took the 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 chance to start signing females and I think you know when we had went into a meeting and all spoke about it one day they're like you know what times are changing and we got to keep up with the times like women women's not all, not just women's boxing but women's sports is is just growing and I think they realized that you know watching the UFC and, and everything that Ronda Rousey did, I think that's kind of like what really made the breakthrough into boxing as well. It helped so much. Interesting. Awesome. So before we conclude, um, I was telling you before we started recording, I have a speed round game called Unboxing the Boxer. So this is pretty much a speed round of just random personal questions that I'm going to ask you. You just answer as quick as you can. Just the first answer that comes off the top of the head. Okay. Okay. So, 
First question, if you weren't a pro fighter, what could you picture yourself doing? Um, I would definitely be a broadcaster or newscaster. Oh, well, you know, maybe in that five-year plan, we'll be seeing you do some ringside reporting maybe or commentating. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I would love to. What's your favorite sports team? Favorite, favorite sports team is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm a huge baseball fan. Okay. Uh, favorite food? Favorite food is pizza. Um, and also favorite kind of food is Italian. Oh, okay. Is there like a certain food that once you're done with weigh-ins, you're like, I am craving this, maybe specifically for this fight. You're like, I need to have this as soon as I get off the scale. Oh man. After this fight. Yeah. I want like a, I want like a delicious, like double cheeseburger with like bacon. And <laughs> I don't know why, I guess I, I haven't had a burger in a while. So I'm really craving that. So that's definitely what I'll have right after the fight. I'm hoping you get that. I hope it's the best burger ever. Just saying. <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Um, favorite movie of all time is Goodwill Hunting. And uh, favorite comedy is a tie between Step Brothers and Superbad. Classics. I, super, I love that. Well, where to actually should ask, I should have asked this before. Where did your nickname come from? It came from my favorite fighter, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I, it's because it's in his book and I've read his book uh, many times. But in his book, he talks about how when he was a kid, his trainer and everyone in the gym would call him super bad because he was just super bad. <laughs> so him being my favorite fighter, um, that's where I took the name from. I love that. I never knew that. Learn something new every day. Um, what is your, who is your favorite musical artist? My favorite musical art, artist uh, of all time is uh, Queen. And my favorite artist currently is Bruno Mars. Is there like a specific playlist or genre of music you listen to when you're in fight camp? Yeah, usually anything 80s. 80s is like my, just my choice of music. That pumps you up, that gets you ready to go? Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is water. I you can't swim. swim. I can't swim and I, I'm kind of like afraid to learn. <laughs> so Do you go in pools? I try to avoid just... water. Oh, okay. I go into, yeah, I just stand in pools with like floaties. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I have a raft and I'm laying on top of the water, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is Christmas. That's a good one. That's a good I one. love just being with family and um, just, uh, you know, spending time, um, spending time with family on Christmas is, is great. Do you prefer giving gifts or receiving gifts? Giving gifts. That's, that's what I love about Christmas the most is just giving the gifts and then seeing the expression on like my nieces and nephews face and my mom. So yeah, I don't, I don't care about receiving them. It's just about giving. Uh, what are, what is something that annoys you the most? <laughs> something that annoys me the most. Um, <laughs> I think, oh man. When people blow their nose at restaurants, 
That was very specific. I feel like you have like a traumatic you know moment what? that happens. <laughs> because every time I'm in a restaurant eating and someone blows their nose loudly, like it just grosses me out and it annoys me. Like I, I wish I could tell them to go to the restroom and do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. And now every time I hear someone sneeze or blow their nose into a napkin, I'm going to think of you and be like, okay, I understand why this is the biggest pet peeve. That's so disgusting. Especially when it's like right. one of the like, fancy napkins. It's like, come on, someone's going to be using that. Even if it's washed, that's so gross. Oh, so gross. <laughs> okay. What, what is your favorite animal? My favorite animal is a dog. Oh, a dog. Do you have a dog? I do. Yes. I have a Yorkshire Terrier. She's a little dog. Um, also a chocolate lab. Um, yeah, I want more dogs. I want like 20 dogs. <laughs> maybe with the money that you get, once you get more world championships under your belt, maybe you'll get yourself a little ranch somewhere and just let oh, all the dogs, dogs yes. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a dream. Five-year plan. Just remember that. Just remember this interview and be like, okay, I'm going to get a ranch now. Um, favorite store to shop in? favorite store to shop um that's a good one it could be any type of store. I don't know I would say H&M okay I love H&M um I'm very like selective when it comes to shopping because I'm very like plain and simple <laughs> mm -hmm. I like wear the same colors all the time and like everything's very plain so yeah, I would say it has good, like essential basics, cute camis, jeans. I wear pretty much. Yeah, I'm always in workout. Day. I'm always in workout clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, that's fine. Um, uh, my mom oh. always buys me like um, dresses and just different going out clothes. And she's like, why don't you ever wear anything I buy you? I'm like, because I don't go anywhere. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm always at the gym. <laughs> I'm not at the gym. I'm home. Like, where, where am I supposed to wear this? To the kitchen? Um, what was your first job ever if you had a first job? Um, my first job ever was working at Kohl's right out of high school. Department store. Yeah. How long I did you work there for? <laughs> um, maybe a little less than a year. Retail's the worst. Yeah. I know. It was torture. People are so mean. I, you know what's so funny? Retail is my first job too. And every time I go into a retail store, I feel for all the workers. I'm like, I don't like, I feel you. You, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I inconvenienced you with a question. Cause I know how you feel right now. <laughs> I know you're struggling to be. <laughs> yeah. um, what was, what um, is your favorite song? My favorite song. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably like one of my all-time favorite songs. Could you like say the whole song off the top of your head? Like if someone Oh asked, yeah. I, I was singing the whole song at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and then even do like a guitar solo and like drum solo. I love that. We need to make <laughs> that happen one day. Need to be exclusive content. Just have you rock out <laughs> to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, if you have a middle name, what is your middle name? My middle name is Carmen. It's my grandmother's um, first name. Okay. And if you could choose one superpower to have, what would you like? 
Uh, to be able to teleport. That'd be awesome. Go wherever you want. I wish I can. I wish I can get places quicker, especially living in LA. Traffic sucks. So <laughs> that is very true. That's very <laughs> true. Um, that actually transitions into the next question I have. What country would you love to visit the most? Um, I would love to visit Italy. Any specific part of Italy that you'd like to visit or? No, that's kind of like one thing I, I don't know where, what, like what part is the best place to go to. I guess I would have to like get a su- good, good suggestion from an Italian. <laughs> Girl, I got you. I got you. I'll send you a whole travel guide of best places to go to in Italy. I, Italy oh, is awesome. so beautiful, but um, anywhere you go in Italy, you'll, you won't be disappointed, especially with the food. Since you love Italian food, you're going to come back to the States and be like, I don't want to touch anything like this whatsoever this oh man okay. <laughs> but on that note so you said thank you so much for coming on the show you've been amazing you were so awesome you're so chill um before we log off please shout out your social media shout out the fight anything that you want to plug this is your time to shine um okay so you can follow me on social media at sanisa super bad and don't miss the fight on July 9th. It'll be live on the zone. And thank you everyone for all of the support. And thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much again, Sinisa. And we'll talk very soon. Best of luck in your fight on July 9th. Inside the Ring is sponsored by Egg Weights, Liquid IV, and Goalie. Egg weights are the only hand weights in the world that conform to your body's natural motion. These weights are a boxing breakthrough. The palm-centered weights are the most balanced, compact, and ergonomic shadow boxing weights in the world. They are specifically designed to flow with any striking form and are amazing tools for building endurance, power, speed, and mental toughness. Egg weights are now the standard for Olympic athletes, professional, and public boxing clubs across the USA and Europe. Get yours now at eggweights.com and use code Rebecca Ruber for 10% off. Hydrate, energize, and sleep better with Liquid IV using the science of CTT. CTT enhances rapid absorption of our wellness ingredients into the bloodstream. 50 million servings have been sold. They are gluten-free, no artificial sweeteners, they're vegan, and U.S. order ship-free. I personally have been using Liquid IV since 2019, and all their products not only taste delicious, but they are highly effective. They're great for hydrating before, during, or after an intense workout, needing an energy boost during that 2.30 p.m. crash, and their sleeping products will have you falling asleep within 20 minutes and have you waking up with zero grogginess. Use code RebeccaRuber25 for 25% off your whole order and free U.S. shipping. Goalie gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, and gelatin-free. 100% natural and plant-based. Get all the age-old benefits of apple cider vinegar in a delicious gummy. On top of having the benefits traditional ACV has, Goalie gummies have additional benefits including superfoods, good taste, good smell, better for your teeth enamel, and they're easy to take. Use code RebeccaRuber for 5% off your next purchase. Remember, every purchase using these codes help the show tremendously, so please consider checking out these products. And if you decide to purchase, take a picture of your order and tag me at Inside the Ring Official for me to repost on my Instagram story. Thank you.